Over the last several weeks, we've been on a series entitled Above the Clouds. And what we've been looking at is life in the kingdom of God. Life in the kingdom of God. For some of us, that sounds really foreign. I'll tell you why. Because you can't believe or conceive what it is to live in a kingdom. You equate life to the circumstances that you undergo. You're frazzled by problems. You're frazzled by money. You're frazzled by the rat race of life. And look, there's no judgment in that, ladies and gentlemen. But the truth is that life is more than what we know. Life is so much more than what we know. And it's available to us in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God is not abstract. It's not somewhere out there. It's not waiting for you and I when we die. It's not in the sweet by and by. The kingdom of God is here and available for everyone now. The kingdom of God is not uh, when you go to heaven. The kingdom of God is a life state of being. It's right now. I love the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 1, 15. Listen to what Jesus said. He says, the time has come. Now, if we just stopped right there, what does that tell you? It tells you the time is now. It tells you pay attention to what's happening right now. It tells you that what we're talking about is for this very moment. And he says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. And so he says, repent. That does not mean go and cry on an altar. That does not mean to get caught up in your emotions. That doesn't mean that you got to feel sorrowful or bad. You know what repent simply means? It means turn around. So he's saying the kingdom of God is at hand. It's come. It's here. It's near. It's now. He says, so turn around and believe the good news. Believe the good news. And so God's kingdom isn't far from anyone. But for some people today, it feels distant. The operative word being feels. It feels distant. And because it feels distant, it doesn't make sense. And it isn't relevant. But that's not God's desire for us. I want to ask you a question for you to consider this morning. And I don't want you to answer it out loud. I don't want you to tell your neighbor your answer. I want you to consider it for yourself. We're going to take a look in the mirror right now at this moment. I want you to think about this. How much does God and his ways factor into your life? How much does it impact your decisions? How does it impact your perspective of life? The things you do, what's important to you. That's a, that's, a, that's a heavy question. And it's important for us to consider because according to kingdom system, when you're in the kingdom, everything in your life revolves around the kingdom, not your castle. In Matthew 16, 19, Jesus says this. This is one of the verses that we've been looking at over the last several weeks, and I'm just going to quickly touch on it. Jesus says this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The key to life has been given to us, ladies and gentlemen. It's not in our job. It's not in our relationships. 
It's not in the things that we draw significance from. It's not in our children. Can I just say something for a moment? Because as a parent, I've been there too. Where our world, my, my children are my everything. You got it twisted. You got it twisted. When our children replace God, when our jobs replace God, when our friendships replace God, when our entertainment replaces God, when it takes our time, our attention, our devotion, whatever that is, ladies and gentlemen, we're headed down a slippery slope at that point. Jesus says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Simply put, this is what he's saying. My plan is that the kingdom of God would invade every area of this earth. That it would touch your life and through your life this kingdom would be made known. That my ways would be the path that you follow and that it would determine everything that you do and how you see life and how you approach it. That by your example, by your experience in this kingdom system that I'm giving you which is higher than your ways and gives you thoughts higher than your own. When you follow this kingdom, whatever you do in alignment with this kingdom, And that's in heaven, it'll be done on earth because heaven backs you. That's what he's saying. God wants heaven to overtake earth. Let me put it to you this way. God wants heaven's system to overtake what we believe is life. Don't buy the lie of what this world tells you life is. Oh, I got to work. I got to work. I got to hustle, man. I got to struggle. I got to go back, ctbny.com. Listen to all the messages we've been teaching on this king. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, we are not playing games. This will transform your life. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. We have to understand this kingdom. We have to understand it. We can't play church. We can't just fill our cup and go, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm good, man. I went to church. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I read the Bible. Yeah, I listen to uh, whatever the Christian station is these days. On my serious exam, and I listen to Joe. Good for you. Praise God. You're listening. Good. You're being exposed. But how is the kingdom of God, the message of this gospel, transforming what you see? How is it transforming your approach to life? How? Because if it's not, then we're wasting time. And here's the thing. You're wasting time playing a game. And the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. It's now. And you have the keys. Are you turning that key and walking through that door and experiencing it? I feel such a sense of urgency just to stress that because we miss it so often. We miss it. We miss it. And that's not God's desire. Man, I wish it was that simple that I just had a key and I could just stick it in a keyhole and turn the door and I could walk through and experience all that God promises, that I could, I could really live this and I could be where you are. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You are where I am. The thing is, you don't know it. You don't know it. If that's where you are and, and, you, and, you, and you're feeling like, man, I wish life was just that simple. 
I wish I could, I could live that way. It's yours. He's given us the keys. But we have to take the access that the keys give us to life. I have news for you. That life in the kingdom is simple. And today I'd like to talk to you about the simple life. I want to talk to you about how to simplify life by following after the kingdom. How to live simply. Don't beat yourself up. Don't, don't, don't get into feelings of guilt if you're struggling with this. If, if, if somehow you're feeling, stop, stop. That's not the kingdom way. The kingdom way is truth. What did Jesus say? The kingdom of God is near you. He says, so repent, turn around. Now that you know that the kingdom's here, follow the kingdom. But today I want to talk to you about the simple life. Because life can be simple for you and I. If we just simply follow the kingdom of God. His ways. His ways. So turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 through 34. Very familiar passage of scripture to many of us. But today you're going to see it with a new set of eyes. I guarantee you that. I pray that you're listening. Go back to the podcast. Listen to this again and again and again. Break it down line by line. Here a little, there a little. Take it in. Ingest it, then digest it, then process it, then do something with it. Apply it. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus starts off in verse 20. He says, and why do you worry about clothes? You you can look at that another way. Why do you worry about your home? Why do you worry about your children? Why do you worry about cars? Why do you worry about your bank account? Why do you worry about your future? Why are you worrying about all this? He's not talking about being irresponsible. He says, why do you worry? We could just leave it at that. Why do you worry about clothes? Watch why he says that. See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spend, you know what he's saying? They don't make themselves grow. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Do you know that it is literally documented that Solomon was the wealthiest man to ever exist in history till this day? And watch what God says. Let me read it to you again. He says, see how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. He says, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon himself in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Solomon had all this money. He had all this acclaim. He was famous. Kings and queens would bow at his feet just to listen to the wisdom that came forth from his mouth. And God says, this guy who everybody looks to and goes, man, I want that life. Not even he is dressed like you when you follow me. Verse 30, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Will he not take care of you in greater measure? He says, you have little faith. He says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans? He's talking about people that don't follow the kingdom. He says, for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. 
Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Isn't that where we live so often? Worrying about tomorrow. Worrying about this. Worrying about that. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying, focus on today. And you know why it's important to focus on today and what God wants to do in your life today at this very moment right now, what he's speaking to you right now? Because tomorrow starts today. Your tomorrows are determined by what you do today. I'll get to the kingdom of God someday. I'll grow into that at some point. I'll focus on that. You don't have time to waste. Tomorrow has begun. It's here right now. What will you do with the kingdom? And so as Jesus is introducing the kingdom of God here, what we see is a couple of things. And I want to draw your attention to them. The first thing that we see is that the kingdom of God makes life simple. Listen to the math. It's like one plus one equals. Some of you, do, some of you, some of you struggled with math at some point. One plus one equals two, right? Pretty simple, right? You take one, you take one. Oh, that's two, right? Listen to God's math. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, number one, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, right? Seek the kingdom. Seek his righteousness. And what does it equal? All these things get added to you. Life is taken care of. The kingdom of God makes life simple. It removes that which weighs us down with worry. When you follow God's ways. Second thing we see is that the kingdom of God rewards us by adding unto us all that. Listen, we need. We need. You know where we live today in this world? We live in what we want. I I want a bigger house. I want more for my kids. Could you be spoiling them? Somebody needs to hear that. We spend so much time on what we want, what we want, what we want, what we want, because that's that's this world's system. That's how this world works. You get, you get, you get, but here's the thing. It's never enough. Never enough. But the kingdom of God rewards us by adding unto us all that we need. And here's the thing. When you really appreciate what you need as you receive it, life is a lot easier. You ever done this? Because I have. You ever look at a little baby? They're playing with their toys. They're goo-goo-ga-ga-ing and they, they get their bottle and they change their pampers and all that other stuff. I've had this thought once or twice in my life, a few times, where I've looked at a child and I go, man... I wish I was there because life was a lot simpler then. Well, some of you got that. I hope, I pray you have ears to hear this morning. It's not complicated. See, this is what life is supposed to be like. But it's only possible by life in God's kingdom system. And the third thing that we see from Jesus' words is that the kingdom of God must be a priority. Listen, in order for it to work. It must be a priority. It must be first. Because if it's not first, while you're in the kingdom, you, you can't enjoy it. You can't enjoy it. 
Because you're in the kingdom. You're in a system that says, I provide for you. You're in a system that says, I give your life purpose. You're in a system that says, I make you significant. You're in a system that says, hey, I exalt you. I promote you. I increase you. I bless you. I lead you. I guide you. And so while we're in the system, and that's the way the system works, we don't follow the system sometimes. I got to make this happen. I got to make this work. I got to do this. I got to do that. And what you're doing is exalting yourself as if you were God. The kingdom of God must be a priority in order to work. Listen, God's priority is very simple. It's very simple. It's the kingdom. Now, here's what some of you heard. Oh, that, that's something else. No, 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 no. You got to understand that a kingdom is made of those in the kingdom. So God's priority in this kingdom life that we're talking about is you and I. It's you and I. It's us. It's our lives he's concerned with. And because he's concerned with how we experience life, he tells us. He gives us great instruction. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek it first. Now I get it. We lead complicated lives. Oh, there's work, there's school, there's family, there's friends, there's money, there's my personal ambitions, there's my pursuit of significance, there's those things that keep me full, there's keeping up with the Joneses, there's church, there's, there's people, etc. I mean, the list can just go on and on. And the greatest challenge that we face in life is the daily demand among all the things that compete, listen closely, for our time, our attention, and our affection. And there's not one of us in here that cannot identify with this. We can all identify with this because we all have priorities. We all know what it is to give up something for something else. We all do it. We've all done it. We, all, we are all there. And for some of us, what we prioritize and we what we prioritize as a greater priority replaces what Jesus said is the greatest priority. The kingdom of God. God's ways. God's purposes. You don't get it, Pastor. I'm, I'm just so busy. I've got so much going on. You know, I'm just trying to just keep it all together. My response to you directly from the word of God is it's complicated because you're not following the manner of life that you were designed for in the kingdom of God. That's why it's complicated. But I have good news for you today. You can live life on simpler terms. Life can be so much simpler. And the key to the simple life lies in understanding the kingdom of God. How it works. How it works. And so, for the next couple of moments that I have, I want to talk about how to seek the kingdom of God first. I want to talk to you about how you simplify life. How life can be so much simpler as we follow God's ways. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 10. Mark, chapter 10, verses 17. And we're going to read all the way to 31, so we got a few verses. Um... But as, as, as you're turning there, whether it's in your Bible, you're going to follow us on the screen. I just want to kind of...
pave a way, give you a foundation here. And I want, I want you to, to view this, these verses through a different lens. I don't want you to see it as, oh yeah, that guy. No, I want you to see yourself. I want you to see yourself. I want you to consider where you're at. There's no judgment, there's no condemnation in this, but I want you to see this as a very personal story. Very personal story. Because you and I are no different than this young man that we're about to read. You and I are no different. Even I, ladies and gentlemen, at times get so caught up in other things at the expense of the kingdom. (gasps) Yeah, I'm just telling you the truth. Being honest with you. And it comes back to understanding this kingdom and getting back to square one, first place. So Mark chapter 10, we're going to start at verse 17. It says, now he was going out on the road. And one came running and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and he said to him, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. And then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack. Everybody say one thing. He says, one thing you lack. He says, go your way. Sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word. And went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who... But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying amongst themselves, who then can be saved? In other words, who then can be a part of the kingdom of God, is what they're saying. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but with God, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. And Jesus answered and said to him, assuredly I say to you, there is none who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Look at God's math. So he says, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with, with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last. And the last, first. So here what we have is an account of a man who comes to Jesus. And listen, he's seeking the kingdom of God. You know, it's interesting. If you look at, there's two other accounts. Uh, One is in the book of Matthew and the other one's in the book of Luke. The same uh, interaction with Jesus and, and and. what they point out is that this wasn't just any ordinary guy. This guy was a ruler. 
we also see that this guy was wealthy. He had many possessions. And the reason why it's important to point that out is because as a ruler, it's not just referring to just anyone in society. This was a man that was esteemed amongst the Jewish people. Why? Because he was brought up in the ways of the Old Testament scriptures. When you grew up with an education, you know what education consisted of back in those days? The Bible. The Old Testament. The law. This man was well-versed in the ways of God according to what they understood. He was esteemed in society. And hey, here's the icing on the cake. He was well off. He was well off. And yet, we find that this man comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit the kingdom? You know what he was aware of? I've got it all, but I've got nothing. Everything that he had, and it wasn't enough. See, despite his economic status, despite his great knowledge of the scriptures, which, as we already established, was a great distinction amongst people, and despite his standing amongst religious leaders of the day, it wasn't enough for life. Something was missing. And here's the thing. He comes seeking it in the kingdom of God. He comes seeking it in the kingdom of God. And Jesus tells him, listen, you you know what to do. Do that which is right. Do what's right. You know the law. Honor your mother, honor your father. Love the Lord your God, etc., etc. And he says, but I've, I've done that since I was a kid. I've always done that. You know what that should serve for us as an example? Maybe we're just doing church for some of us. Maybe, maybe, maybe coming here or wherever it is that you go or, or, or serving or in some capacity or, or what you do with your finances, that, that's how you measure your involvement in the kingdom of God. And what we see here is this. This guy did all those things. Check, 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 check. And it's not what this is all about. It's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. It's so greater that it becomes apparent that while he did all these things, he knew that he was lacking something. You might be wondering, well, what was he what was what was he lacking? Hmm. How could he be lacking? He's wealthy. He's respected by his peers. He follows God. He's seeking Jesus. He's a good person. He does good things. And upon closer review, what we see is that while he had a lot of good things going for him, he did not have God as his first priority. God's ways were not his first priority. You know, that manifests itself in many ways. How you respond to somebody should be defined by the kingdom's ways. How you conduct yourself in the midst of conflict, the kingdom has a way for that. How you address challenges in life, the kingdom has a way for that. How you approach relationship, the kingdom has a way for that. How you approach your spouse, how you function within the kingdom within the local body of believers, 
what you do with your resources, your finances, all those things, there's a way, all that is defined in the kingdom. All of it. Every last part of it. But you see, the way that that's defined is when the kingdom is the first priority. Because everything flows from that priority. The first key to the simple life is knowing your priorities and prioritizing them. I want you to notice something about this, these verses that we just read about this encounter that Jesus has with this young man. God was a priority in his life. You know, the fact that you're here today at 10.03 in the morning, and you got here at 8.30, 9 o'clock, whatever time you got here, and, and you drove from wherever you drove, and you, you set things aside, that tells me something, that God, in, to some extent, is a priority in your life. And that's a good thing, but can I just say this with love? Just because God is a priority in your life doesn't mean that he is your first priority. That's the key. Is God the first priority? See, there's nothing wrong with having your career. There's nothing wrong with treasuring relationships. There's nothing wrong with your income. There's nothing wrong with taking pride in your home and building your home. Or There's nothing wrong with your hobbies. There's nothing wrong with any of that as a priority. Nothing wrong. But what's wrong is when our priorities take place over the most important priority. God and his kingdom. And we have to evaluate what is most important. Let me put it to you this way. We have to evaluate what is worth our time, our investment, our sacrifice, and our full attention. And I'm just going to be bold and just say this. I'm going to just say this. For those of you that know me or you've been around long enough, you know that I am not that pastor that's going to tell you, you need to do this and you need to change this. And I don't run anybody's life, but I will tell you this. God has to be your first priority. In the kingdom of God, that's non-negotiable. First priority. First priority. Number one, God and his ways. Number one. And if it's not number one, then let me just say this to you. The issues and the challenges and the hiccups and the mess-ups, the ups and downs come as a result of you functioning while having the system of God available to you, present in your life, you functioning in your own way. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this. It says, so teach us to number our days. That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know that word, num- that phrase there, number our days, you know what it talks about? It literally means in the Hebrew to prepare. It means to account, to set, to establish And I want you to see something about what God says about your life. Hmm. That his desire is to teach us how to prioritize in our lives. The kingdom. And when we do, we see a result. See, God holds us responsible to set the priorities in our lives. He teaches us, but we have to set them. We have to set them. We have to set them. And when we do, 
and the kingdom of God is the first priority, here's what we see is that we're empowered with wisdom for success in every area of our lives. So the kingdom of God must be number one in your life, in my life. It must be. Now, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to drop coffee on the floor, but you'll appreciate the example that I'm going to give you. See, this cup right here has a purpose. It's kind of like you and me. The purpose is to be filled. And so you fill it. See that? Is that all the way to the top? Question. So this cup has a purpose in order to receive and embrace what's poured into it and for the purposes of pouring it out, right? That's its purpose. And so the kingdom of God is a lot like this. But when we have a pursuit that places something else's priority over the kingdom of God, you know what it's like? It's like putting a hole at the bottom of this cup and trying to live a full life and you never attain it. You know, the scriptures talk about people that they're always learning about God and they're never increasing. Another portion of scripture puts it this way. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of God. That's dangerous. And so God holds us responsible to prioritize our priorities. The second key to the simple life is organizing your priorities. Listen, this guy had a bunch of good stuff going on in his life. He had great priorities. He saw God. He did good. He was extremely blessed. He was even seeking direction for his life from the kingdom of God. But all those things were in direct competition with life in the kingdom. Check it out. He did religion. But his religion competed with the kingdom. All these things vying for his time, his attention and affection. His issue wasn't his desire to accumulate and keep possessions as we saw, as we see. His issue was that he allowed the pursuit of wealth to take possession of his heart. The pursuit of it became number one in his life. It seized upon his heart. It wasn't enough. I think I've shared this at some point. I'll, I'll give you the short version, but I have a friend. I love this guy, man. I used to look up to this guy, man. When I came back to the Lord, you know, well, not that he ever left me, but when I, when I got back to that place in my life, in my, in my early 20s, where I began to turn to the Lord and just seek God, there was a guy who was real influential in my life. He was younger than me. His name was Daniel. And I admired him so because he was young. He was, you know, had ambition for, for life and everything, but everything in his life was about Jesus. Not in a spooky, spiritual, flaky way. He just loved the Lord and he kept it simple. 
And so we would hang out a lot. We would play ball. We would talk. We would go out to eat. We were always in each other's lives. He, he, he was my best man at my wedding. I was his best man at his wedding. But what I admired about him is he loved the Lord and he sought God in his ways. He was in the word and, and, and it wasn't just regurgitation. He was doing it. Many years later, you know, we kind of lost touch for quite a few years once we moved up here. But many years later, God calls us to start this ministry. And uh, when we started this ministry, you know, one of the things that I said to the Lord, okay, Lord, I got a family, I've got all these things. But Lord, you called us. And you've always provided. So how do I do this? You know, how, how do these hands create wealth? The Lord says to me, well, what's in your hand? And I begin to consider all the experience and everything that I'd done. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says to me, start a consulting company. So I started a consulting company, and I started doing work with school districts and youth correctional facilities and all kinds of stuff. And I was doing really good. But while that was getting started, one of the people that I ended up reaching out to, getting back in contact with, was Daniel. Daniel was working at this organization he was an associate executive director. That simply means that he was number two in the entire organization. Multi-million dollar agency in the Bronx. And, and uh, I reach out to him and I say, hey, Daniel, I'd love to meet with you. So I go down there and I start telling him about the programs and the curriculums that I've written and what I'm doing. And he says, come down and see me. I go down. We have lunch in the middle of a snowstorm. I drive down there. We break bread and we're talking and he, he's asking me about the church. He's asking me about what God has put on my heart. He's asking me about what the vision is and I'm telling him. And then my heart was completely broken. Because Daniel says to me, man, you know what? You're a better man than I am. So he had two kids. He's helping to run an agency and now he's the executive director of the agency. And he says, you're a better man than me, man, because if God told me right now at this juncture in my life to leave everything and start a ministry, my response to God would be, God, you're going to have to wait till my kids get out of college. And that broke my heart. Because he's missing out on the kingdom. This guy has time for nothing. 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 Everything revolves around what he does and the little time that he has for his kids. Oh, but you know, it's so complicated. Not in the kingdom. See, like this man, when something else takes priority in our lives, we will walk away from seeking God first. I'm going to say that again. When something else takes first priority over God and his ways. Listen, we walk away from God. He doesn't walk away from us. He's there with us. He loves us. But while having God, we, we can't enjoy life in the kingdom. We, we go to this place where instead of praying first, we complain and we connive how we're going to make it on our own. Instead of acting upon the wisdom of God and, and his word, we act upon our emotions and the opinions of others. Instead of turning to God, we turn from God. Matthew 13, says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. 
and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Get the picture here. This guy stumbles upon the kingdom. The parable goes that it's equivalent to a treasure that he finds that's dug up. So he digs it out, he takes it, and he hides it to put it away so that he can ensure that he gets all of the kingdom. But then watch what the Bible says. He goes back and he sells everything he has so that he can obtain the kingdom. Oh, what are you saying, Pastor, that I'm just supposed to live on love? Come on. Tone it down. Let's be real. Nothing wrong with priorities. But you know what's one thing that I know that we all know about priorities? That when it comes to first priority, it always costs us in another area, but we're willing to pay it. See, letting go of that which takes place of the kingdom of God in your life isn't a loss. It's a reward. It's a reward. Think about this. Let's take, for example, the person who's constantly driven by money. What are the things that come associated with that pursuit? I can tell you right now, stress, lots of it. I can, tell you, I can tell you that no matter how much that person acquires, it's never enough. And so there's this conscious anxiety of, I got to get more because I got to shift from here to do this. And we're taking from Peter to pay Paul. And we're constantly living in this cycle that's a downward spiral. And while you've got all these things, you're never at peace. And the moment that you let go, here's the thought that comes across the mind of that person. Man, I wish I didn't have to do all this. Life would be easier. I wish I didn't have all this stress. Stop wishing and do what the kingdom says. It's costing you everything. The third and final key to the simple life is discipline. See, once you've set your priorities and you're clear on their order. And my prayer is God being first. It takes discipline to live by those priorities. It takes discipline, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not talking about working to get something from God. I'm talking about you sticking to what God has shown you. Sticking to what's most important. The kingdom of God is yours, but you have to stick with it. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 and 27 says this. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into a strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified 
for the prize. No Paul saying, I'm clear on my priorities. And I understand that it's up to me to stick to that which is most important. Because if I don't, I'll be disqualified from the very thing that God has called me to. I won't reach. I won't make it there. Can I tell you, run according to the kingdom. Keep the kingdom of God and his ways ahead of you always as a goal, as your aim. Because as long as you're focused on the kingdom while you're still running, guess what? You may tire at times, but the Bible says that your, your strength will be renewed like that of the winds of eagles. You'll fly again. You'll soar again. Get back in this race. Get back in the game. Don't give up. Don't back up. Listen, stick with God and his ways. Put the kingdom of God first. So now that we're ready and you want to live a simpler life, let me suggest to you the first two of your many priorities if you decide that to be. Let's stand. Take you back to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, 33. I want, I want to do something. I want us to read this together. Because the Bible says that faith, it comes by hearing. Yes. And hearing, it comes by the word. But as we were looking at a couple of weeks ago, we got to do like David sometimes and we got to talk to our own soul. We play a part in this process of renewing our minds. So we're going to read this together. And as you're reading it, you're not just reading it for the sake of audibly saying something. No, you're reading it to yourself. Say this with me. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. See, Jesus gives us the first two priorities of life. Number one, the kingdom. Simply put, God's way of doing things. The second priority, which is one and the same with the first, is his righteousness. Now check this out. The Bible says that you've been made the righteousness of God. So what possibly could we be talking about here? You know that the righteousness of God is what tells us to do what's right. It leads us the right way. And so to put it another way, priority number two, which is really priority number one with seeking the kingdom, is this. It's alignment with that which is correct and right in God's kingdom. It's doing what's right. See, if you center your life's priorities around these two, Everything else, Jesus says, will fall into place. I leave you with this closing thought. Life in the kingdom of God will cost you everything. But life in the kingdom of God will give you everything. It will give you everything. 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 Father, today we come to you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. It's not complicated, Lord. It's not hard. It doesn't have to be a rat race any longer. 
Life doesn't have to be a weight on our shoulders anymore. Today, Lord, we do what your word says. We come. We come. And in coming, Lord, we leave behind us weariness, weight, worry, anxiousness, and all those things that we've been pursuing that have come at the expense of the kingdom of God. Today, we respond with hearts of belief. Full of belief. Set upon the the goal. Running the race for the prize. Understanding that we want the kingdom and his righteousness above everything else. It's ours. You've given us the key. And so Lord, today we enter. We enter through those gates. We look to you, Lord. And we get back to our first love. You, Lord. Your ways. Your kingdom. Your purposes.